Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. For a look back on today's match, this is the full-time report with the voices of our Atlanta United, Mike Conti and Jason Longshore. Atlanta United is brought to you by Piedmont Quick Care. One stop to better. Country Financial. Don't get overwhelmed. Get started at takesimplesteps.com. Mercedes-Benz. The best or nothing. Heineken. Aaron's. The perfect choice for your budget and style with top brands in furniture, electronics, and appliances. Skinna. The Home Depot. More saving. More doing. ET&T. More for your thing. That's our thing. Associated Credit Union. Equifax. Proud partner of your Atlanta United and your local Ford dealer. Our Atlanta United are on Star 94-1. All right, welcome to the full-time report. Heinze already at the podium in Seattle after his team comes back to earn a 1-1 draw. Here it is. The way uh, these players perform today. Uh, y, y la verdad que estoy, estoy contento. I'm, I'm happy. I'm very happy. Pero por ver a, al equipo como, como juega, because uh, the, to see, to see the, this team, the way they play, cómo compite, how they compete, y también cómo quiere eh, ganar los partidos, and how they want to win every game. Le vuelvo a repetir, eh, me cuesta mucho. Los resultados siempre lo dejo para los para los demás. Uh, I repeat again, like I don't like to talk about the result, and I and I leave this for for the others. Y por supuesto, usted tendrá toda la razón del mundo cuando habla de resultado. And for sure, you you will be right when you talk about the results too. Pero yo lo voy a llevar a otras cosas que es el fútbol que más me gusta. But I'm gonna bring this to the the football that I really want to talk about. Next question, Joe Patrick. Joe, your line's open. Go ahead. Hi, right, thanks, Gabby. Um, you talk about being happy with the way that the team played. Are you confident that if the team continues to play this way, that over time there will be there will be more shots on goal and more more production in the attack? Lo que lo que trato de de hacer día a día con mis jugadores. What I'm trying day by day with my players. Mostrarle una forma y una idea. To try to teach them a way. 
Hay partidos que se va a tener más ocasiones. Hay partidos que no vamos a tener tantas ocasiones. Y el día que yo no tenga confianza en, en, en el equipo o en los jugadores que, que estoy entrenando. Absolutamente doy un paso al costado. I will, I will move away. I will take back. Next question, Ronald Peña. Ronald, go ahead. Ronald, your mic's open. Please go ahead. Ronald, last chance. Can you hear us? Okay, do we have any other questions for Coach? Doug, go ahead. Yes. Um, well, Coach, you said you wanted to talk about the, the football and the style of play. So what did you like about what the team did today, and what do you think needs some improvement before next week's game? Me gustó. Sí, por supuesto. Me encanta hablar de fútbol. Y lo invito si quiere hablar de fútbol. Yes, of course. I, I, like, I love to talk about football and I invite you to talk with me about it. Lo que me ha gustado es absolutamente toda la construcción que hicimos en, 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 en campo propio. Like what I really like is how we, how we build up on the back. Me, me ha gustado un montón hasta, hasta llevar el, el, el balón a, a zona final. Like how the transition from the, the first zone to the last zone. Que esos metros debemos todavía... Eh, entrenarlo más y, y tener más situaciones y también me ha gustado de cuando el rival ha jugado hemos estado muy cerca del rival y y eso eso es lo que, que me gusta a mí hablar This is what I really like to talk about. Next question, Chris Smith. Go ahead, Chris. Hi. Um, can I just get your thoughts on the defending for the first goal, um, well, for the Seattle goal, and also um, the habit that Atlanta have got now, in, well, at least in the last two games, of scoring late goals? Is this something that, that you're trying to install into the team to, to keep going to the last minute? Es un balón parado, correcto? O sea, defensa de set pieces, donde los donde los cuales el rival lleva siete hombres, where they they brought seven players, de los cuales en cada en cada en cada zona estábamos emparejado con el rival. We were having a man with each of each of their their players. Y en el duelo perdido también estaba estaba en disputa. And also when one of our players lost the challenge. Y cuando hay uno versus uno en disputa, puede ganar uno y puede perder otro. And because it was a 1v1, as soon as this player was beaten, yeah, now one player can beat the other one. Okay. Uh, so those are Heinze's remarks from Seattle after his team earned a penalty in the final five minutes of regular time to uh, get a 1-1 draw and become the first MLS team to get a result at Seattle this year. Any Remarks on that? He's excited, and he should be. He's very proud of his team, 
and his team fought for him, and they fought for the style of play that they are all building together. And it is building. It is a process. It doesn't happen overnight to play in this way. But I think you're starting to see, if you're, you're watching all facets of play here, set-piece defending has to be better. Final third has to be better. Gabriel Heinz just said that. But you are building to a style of play that is very controlling of the match. Seattle, outside of set pieces, really didn't look dangerous from the run of play. This is the best team in MLS up to this point. They did not look dangerous from the run of play. They did get an early goal. Maybe they didn't really want to play after that. You'd have to ask Brian Schmetzer. I'd be curious to see what he had to say. But I like what Atlanta is doing in controlling games. That's step one. The next step, and I think Gabriel Heinze said it very clearly in that moment, he likes the way this team is building out of the back. He likes the way that this team is going from the most defensive zone to the attacking zone. He likes the way they're defending. They're very close to the opponents. They're not letting it you know, be easy for the opponents to play. The final third, the attacking zone, needs improvement. It continues to need improvement. Jurgen Dom, Ezekiel Barco would help with that improvement. Joseph Martinez continuing to move more and more and more, as we saw today. That will help with the movement. But also, as we said in the second half, when Joseph drops into the midfield, that's a smart phase of play. It's very good from there to where the ball goes wide. When Joseph then loops back around and he's making his run into the 18, the cross has to come faster. And if that means sometimes Jake Mulraney, does that mean Marcelino Moreno, does that mean Brooks Lennon, have to take crosses, George Bellow, have to take crosses that are a little more contested to play it to reward the work from Joseph, put those crosses in just a little earlier. That will start to see more things happen. They fought for the second ball today too really well. So you can afford to put those crosses in. You might not win the initial cross. Atlanta can win the second ball and create a chance. Okay, the man of the match brought to you by Heineken. We put it to a vote to our listeners. Uh, Sosa, Abara, Joseph, or other were the cho- choices. I'm going to have to overrule our listeners. I hope that's okay. Uh-oh. Uh, Joseph was first choice at 42% of the vote, but uh, I, I got to go with Abara, and I think we can make a statistical case for him. But, man, I, I, I just came away thinking Abara is an absolute stud, and the way that he worked with Sosa today in particular. Remember, again, Seattle, number one in the league in goals scored. They got one today off a set piece where Sosa and Ibarra were not involved in the play. I thought they were absolutely brilliant today. I voted for Franco Ibarra. I went to your Twitter. I I voted. Um, (laughs) You're only one of 178 votes, though. That's okay. That's okay. Franco Ibarra had an 80% passing day. He's a player who has not really been as involved in the possession in his career up until coming to Atlanta. He looked more comfortable on the ball today. But where the numbers start to pop out on Franco Ibarra, and we saw it and we were talking about it throughout the match, we didn't bring you the numbers at that point. Franco Ibarra won 9 of 13 duels on the ground. He had six tackles that he won. He had four interceptions that he jumped into the passing lane to recover possession for Atlanta United. Those are absurd numbers for a central midfielder to be able to pick up. Franco Ibarra fought, and he was everywhere, and he kept winning the ball. And he didn't just win the ball and then give it away easily to somebody close to him. He was making things happen with the ball at his feet as well. Best performance for Franco Ibarra. 
All right, let's go back to Seattle. Franco Abara again, the man of the match, brought to you by Heineken. And Brad Guzan, who was not at fault on the goal, continues his strong play. He goes to the podium now to face the media. And function in order to ask a question, and we'll start it off with Doug. Doug, go ahead for Brad. Hello, Brad. Congratulations on the result. Um, is, it a, is it a satisfying point for this team? Absolutely, 100%. And we, we pushed and we probed and, um, you know, we, we fully deserved at least a point today. Um, you know, our, our, our work rate was phenomenal. It was never going to be an easy game. Seattle's obviously a very good team to travel out here. Um, a few knocks that we have within the group um, to, to, show the, to show the resilience, to, to keep fighting um, and ultimately earn the penalty. Fantastic. Next question, Joe Patrick. Go ahead, Joe. Did you have any doubts about that penalty? With Joe taking it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> Never. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, he's, he's as clutch as they come when it, when it comes to, to step into the spot. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for him. It's another, it's another game for him where he, he gained some confidence, obviously scoring goals. That's what he does. And so um, for him to get a, a goal like that, um, it, uh, it's certainly going to help him going forward. Joe, did you have another one there? No. no okay. I, I was just going to ask more about Joseph, but you got, Brad got it. Thanks, Brad. All right. No we'll, go, we'll go back to Doug. Doug, go ahead. I'm sorry, Doug, go ahead now. That was my fault. Sorry. Uh, the penalty kick was set up by another really nice pass from Miles. Uh, he's made several of those this season. Can you just talk about his maturation on the ball that you've seen from the time he was drafted until this season? Yeah, I mean, yeah, of course. You know, he's, he's grown as a player. Uh, his ability on the ball has certainly gotten better. Uh, but with that being said, we're, we're constantly asking the question of each other to, to be better. Um, there's still times when, when not just him, but all of us are, are, we're careless with the ball. We don't take care of it enough. Um, and so for as, as good as the pass was for the goal, um, there's certainly other moments within the game where, you know, we'll look back and, and be, be critical of ourselves, uh, of how we get better. So, um, it's a good ball. Uh, you know, I, I don't think at times we we ask the question of, of the opposition's back line to, to turn and face their own goal and defend. And when you do that, um, you create you create good things. And, and Brooks makes a great run, gets on the end of it, and, and, and the guy catches them. Um, you know, it's, it's last minute defending from them. And I think, you know, if you, you speak to their, their guys, I'm sure they're going to be disappointed with, with conceding a goal so late in the game. Um, but from our point of view, it, it was, it was great. Go back to Joe. Go ahead, Joe. Yeah, uh, Brad, you know, I, I don't think you'll disagree with me when I say that I think that the team, it's still, you know, you guys still want to create more chances, have more shots on goal, but, you know, yourself, Gabriel Lanze, your teammates will, you know, are saying that you play well, and I totally get what you mean when you say that. So is there just like a confidence that, if the team keeps playing this way, that eventually those chances and that, that production, the attack is going to start coming. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's a combination, a combination of, of continuing to play like this, continuing to, to gain confidence, but ultimately we need to be, we need to be ruthless in the final third. We need to, 
we need to play balls that, that are maybe 60, 40, 70, 30 balls in, into spaces where now you're asking the question of a center back to go and defend outside its box or inside its box or a fullback that's now got to come and deal with a, a cross that's, that's been whipped in early. Um, we need to be more ruthless and we, we need to have more of a, a cutting edge to ourselves in terms of being in and around the box. And, um, you know, it, it's not for a lack of effort. That is, that is certainly for sure. And so, um, you know, we, we continue to continue to believe in what we're doing. We, we know the work that's going on behind closed doors. Um, I'm sure someone like Doug is, is going to, to argue, argue with me on, on, on those statistics or whatnot. Um, but, uh, but listen, you, you guys don't know the work that's going on behind closed doors, what we're doing day in and day out, what we're trying to accomplish. And so, uh, you know, today is another step in the right direction in a very tough place to come. Okay. Thank you, Brad. Thank you very much. Um, look, I'll just say it. I think we're we've lost the plot a little bit, and and believe me, I, I have nothing but respect for my colleagues in the media who are asking the questions. Please don't misinterpret that. But I think we're losing the plot a little bit when we're when we're talking about a one-one draw at Seattle, the team that had conceded the fewest goals of uh, any team in MLS this year. By the way, including Nashville, who's gone like 400 minutes without conceding. I think we've lost the plot a little bit when you earn a 1-1 draw at Seattle, clearly the best team in the league in their park, and we're dwelling on chance creation. I, I What am I missing here? Because uh, we, Jason and I had this conversation before we went on the air. Sometimes I feel like I'm just crazy, and I'm like completely losing it and missing the point. But I don't know. I, I feel like if we're going to dwell on – chance creation and shots on goal in a match where you're playing statistically the best defensive team in the league on the road 3,000 miles away, to me, I, I, I think we're just trying a little bit too hard to, to pull a negative out of this match. And I, I could be totally wrong, and tweet at me if you disagree. We'll get into it in our final segment. But you know, the other team is trying to prevent you from scoring, right? Atlanta was on the road against the best team in the league who had not lost all season long, um, had won four in a row coming into this, got an early goal. Everything fell Seattle's way. And sure, I, I think Seattle you know, took their foot off the gas for way too long. I, I was really kind of disappointed with Seattle's uh, approach as the second half went on. I, I expected them to, to play a little bit more. Thought they'd have more confidence than that. But Atlanta controlled the game throughout the, the, the entirety of it. Throughout the entirety of it. The, the most dangerous plays for Seattle were from set pieces, which is an issue, which is something that needs to be worked on. But there is an emotional component to the sport. And I think at times it gets lost in, in this idea of chance creation and XG and XA and, and all these kinds of, of stats that are important and can tell stories about the way matches play out. But if you watch this match as a neutral, in my opinion, Atlanta United was the better team. Seattle had the early goal that did affect the way it played out. No question about it. 
But Atlanta United played toe-to-toe with a team that was the best team in the league coming in, in their building, and found a way to get a result after conceding early. There's really not a lot to feel bad about. And I think if you listen to the tone of Gabriel Heinze's voice and Brad Kazan's voice, they're ecstatic with the result. They're very proud of the work that went into this result. And it's a little surprising that the questioning of that work. Does it need to be better? Yes. Again, yes. Gabriel Heinze said in the, the final third, they want it to be better. They want to continue to create more chances and better chances. They created more chances than the home team in this match. That's right. 8-7 were the key passes in favor of Atlanta United. Uh, in fact, as we look at the overall stats, which, by the way, are brought to you by Piedmont, official health care partner of Atlanta United, look, these are the stats. The, this isn't the spin. These are the stats. Shots were 10-7 Atlanta. Shots on target were 2-2. Shots from inside the box, 6-5 Seattle. But still, five shots from inside the box for Atlanta. Feels like a pretty good number. Key passes, as I said, 8-7 Atlanta. Possession, 63-37 Atlanta. Fouls conceded, 19-16 Seattle. That's a positive stat for Atlanta. Um, the duels, Seattle won uh, 57, Atlanta 52. Want that to be better. Uh, Atlanta passed at 83% by their standard. That's a little below average, but Seattle passed at 75%. So those are the stats. It was a 1-1 draw. I think at worst, this was even at worst. And, I again, it felt to me like after the goal was conceded in the sixth minute, Atlanta United was the better side. And I don't think there's any doubt now, Jason, that this is two league matches in a row where Atlanta United ended the match in the ascendancy, that they were playing better at the end of the match. Seattle was time-wasting. Seattle was time-wasting even after they conceded the penalty. Yeah, it's just we can go to numbers all day, and we can talk about numbers, and yeah, it's part of it. And We talk about numbers too. We talk about chances created. When, when people complain about goals not being scored, it's like, well, the chances are there. The quality of the chances does need to improve. There's no debating that. I think everybody in the team, on the team, around the team understands that this is a team that needs to be better in the final third. That That's not up for debate anymore. But you can separate, even in this case you don't have to because the numbers are on Atlanta's side, but you can separate numbers from emotion. And the emotion of these last two matches has to be recognized. This team has a lot of guts. This team fought hard against Montreal, found a way to get a win at home in a game that was difficult. They give up an early goal on the road against the best team in the league. They fought. They found a way to get a point and get another result. This team has not lost when they've had a full week's rest this season. This is the Correct. first time they haven't won. Yeah. You can take numbers and say things need to improve, and you are correct. But you also have to give this team credit for when it's not flowing in the final third. They're finding ways to get results in difficult situations. That has to be recognized, and that has to be shouted out. Well, they've played six league matches right now. They have results in five of them. They've played six competitions on the road this year. They have results in five of them. They just played, in my opinion, the most difficult fixture they're going to have this regular season, mm -hmm. and they got a draw. 
I'll take it. After conceding early. After, that that yeah, is part right. of it. That makes well, and, it even more difficult. And, and what was the stat that was out there? 123-4 and four when conceding first on the road all time. Now it's 123-5. and five. So let's move on. I, I And I, I want to be really clear. I have nothing but respect for the people asking the questions. They are entitled to their opinion. But I think we're entitled to our opinion, too. And I just don't think there has been, um, I guess, a fair, balanced um, I don't want to say narrative. I, I just it doesn't feel balanced right now that we're dwelling on too much of the negative and not paying enough attention to the positive. I, I will give you a quote from what Christian Roldan said after the match. Uh, he was asked by Nico Moreno of Pulso Sports in Seattle um, about the way the match played out, and this is from Christian Roldan. It's quoted by uh, El Rolo NW, Nico Moreno on Twitter. <laughs> We got pinned back, and it was difficult to build out. You have to give credit to Atlanta, praising the opponents on the job they did in Seattle. Huh. Well, okay. Now, he played in the game. He played against so, Atlanta, uh, too, so he would know. Uh, yeah, he might know. All right, let, let's move on. Let's move on. I, I, this should be a positive full-time report because it was a positive result for Atlanta United, a 1-1 draw in Seattle. We're going to have the highlights after this. Send us your questions and your comments at MikeConti929 and at Longshoe, and we'll have more in a moment on the new Star 94. Okay, back live. Joseph Martinez at the podium after getting the uh, equalizing penalty goal to salvage a 1-1 draw. The, the good thing or not, uh, we have a ball probably more position than uh, Seattle. They have a better team of us. We don't create a lot of chance, but, uh, you know, I don't know if it's good or not, but one point is, uh, is, uh, is enough for us. Next question, Chris Smith. Go ahead, Chris. Hi, Joseph. Um, any nerves on that penalty there at the end, or were you nice and calm? Algunos nervios en el penal, o no? Sí. Sí, tenía dos años que no pateó un penal, entonces un poco nervio. A little bit of nerves because it's been two years since I've taken a penalty. Next question, over to Doug. Doug, go ahead. You're open. Hey, Joseph, congratulations, congratulations on the goal and the result. I was curious, do you think the offense is, is slowly progressing to where y'all understanding what Heinze wants you to do and are able to put it into practice in the games? Es que el ataque está progresando al donde el técnico quiere. I think so. But um, <clears throat> it's hard to say because every game, it's hard because we don't create a lot of chance. Probably going better, probably not. But if we don't create chance and we don't make score, I don't know what to say. So it's important we have our one point away against the amazing team. And um, we'll see what happens in the next, next game. We'll go back to Joe. Wait. Go back to Joe. Go ahead, Joe. Yeah. Hey, uh, so Gabby said that he enjoys the way that this team is playing right now. But I mean, I think that, you know, you said that you, you don't you want to be creating more chances. So are you just are you confident that the more you continue to play like this, that those chances will will start to come? <clears throat> Hopefully, yes, because if we don't create a lot of chance. We don't have a poss possibility to win the game. You can have the the ball all game, or you can have you run more than the other team. But if you don't create chance, 
you know win the the soccer you win with the goals not with the position but um uh, we're happy uh it's not easy to get a point in a way yeah. we're against an amazing team so we have to keep working and we see what happened next question dylan go ahead dylan joseph does this say something maybe about the the team's mentality that you're able to get late goals uh, in both of the of the last two games. Si crees que significa algo sobre la mentalidad del grupo que el equipo puede marcar en los últimos minutos. Es difícil decirlo porque hoy se dio así. Tuvimos quizás más la pelota que Seattle, pero sabíamos que Seattle era un equipo muy difícil. Pero bueno, sería así. Igual que el partido pasado tuvimos algunas chances. Pero bueno, eh, si se dio en minuto 1, si dio en minuto 93 o en 94, cuenta igual. Entonces, tenemos que seguir trabajando y, y esperemos que todo pueda mejorar. It's tough to say, but that's just how things happen to go today. Um, you know, we, we had a lot of possession. Um, didn't create as many chances, but Seattle is a good team. But it's hard to say if, uh, you know, what exactly that means. It's, it's just the way things have happened so far for us, but uh, it doesn't matter if you score in the first minute or the 93rd minute, the goals all count the same. Okay, Joseph, who today scored from the penalty spot for the first time since August of 2019, a home match against New York City. His late penalty gives Atlanta United a 1-1 draw. We will be back with the highlights of this match right after this on the new Star 94. Back with more full-time report on Star 94-1. Back live on Star 94, Atlanta United, Seattle Sounders playing to a 1-1 draw this afternoon. Atlanta United wants to remind you that for each Atlanta United clean sheet this season, they'll donate $2,000 to Children's Health Care of Atlanta. This year's donation total currently $4,000. Brad was very good today. Uh, one goal allowed, which you're going to hear in a moment. It wasn't his fault. It was on a set piece. But Brad has been outstanding this year. I thought his distribution, by the way, today was outstanding. In fact, uh, let's go to the old computer screen here and look at uh, those numbers because uh, Guzan passed at 57% today which for a goalkeeper is pretty good. Yeah, a little bit lower than I would have thought, but Seattle did start to put some pressure on him and forced him to go longer than he would have liked at times. Six of 21 on the longer passes. That's that's low for Brad Kazan. But where he was important in those moments was in the build-up play where he was comfortable coming far out of his goal and playing as a field player. And, and, and look, when Atlanta does what a lot of, of Sounders media have talked about after the game, and Christian Roldan said it, that, they, that Atlanta committed one more number forward to make it difficult for Seattle to build out. So when you do that, there's one more player forward. When the ball's played long and Atlanta regains possession to build out, Brad Kazan has to become a field player. He did a good job of that today. Okay, let's go to the highlights. Uh, and in this match, there were really only two. First, the Seattle goal, which came in the sixth minute. It was off a corner. It was not extremely well marked by Atlanta United, to be completely fair. But Raul Rui Diaz finds the back of the net again for the sixth time this year, which puts him second alone in MLS. Seattle tied for 12th in the league and corners taken. Well, Paulo goes into the far corner to strike it. Action at the goal to our left. We're scoreless in the sixth minute here in Seattle. Joseph lined up at the near post for Atlanta United. 
Joel Paulo up to the ball, strikes it, going for the top of the six. Here's a header and a score. Raul Rui Diaz again. His sixth goal of the year, and Seattle on a set piece has the early lead. Not only is it a, a, a bad break as far as match speed is concerned for Atlanta United to give up a goal in the first 10 minutes, but to have to defend a set piece as early as they did in this match was not a very good break either. No, and it's 1v1 on the defending. It's Brooks Lennon with Raul Rui Diaz, and, and Brooks is beat to the spot. Rui Diaz gets there. Is a little surprised about that matchup, but Seattle has a number of dangerous players on set pieces. There's only you know one Miles Robinson. There's only one Santi Sosa, probably Atlanta's two best players on aerial duels. Brooks Lennon needed to do better against Rui Diaz. He was able to evade him way too easily. Okay. Again, after that goal was conceded, Atlanta United responded very positively. We've talked about this a couple times. I certainly felt like in the 10 minutes after the goal, clearly Atlanta United in control of the match. For long stretches of late first half, early second half, it was even. But Atlanta United, as time got late, and especially after Jake Mulraney was introduced into this match at halftime, you felt like maybe – they could break Seattle down and get the equalizer, and indeed they did with this sequence, starting with the penalty drawn by Brooks Lennon and ending with Joseph Martinez converting. This is the hot play of the match brought to you by Scanna. Here's Sosa, long diagonal left wing, Bellow again. Bellow picks it out of the air, stops in the left attacking third, drops it back to Walks, squared to Ibarra, return to Walks, to the kickoff spot now for Sosa, down the middle, Heinemann, Pops it back to the right to Miles Robinson. Miles, 45 yards from goal. Takes a touch. Sends this down the right wing for Brooks Lennon. Brooks is there at the end line. He's clipped down in the area by Brad Smith. Penalty! Incredible! Cleveland has not faced a penalty this year. It is Joseph going to the spot for the first time this year. Atlanta United trying to take a point from Seattle. No one's done it in this building yet this year. Action at the goal to our left. Joseph, hands on hips, steps to the left, trots up to the ball, strikes it, scores! Joseph Martinez equalizes in the 87th minute. Nature is healing because not only did Joseph convert a penalty for the first time in almost two full years, but that was kind of a vintage Joseph Martinez penalty. It was cheeky. Uh, That little slow sidestep to the left, up to the ball, stopped, took a full stop before he struck it, and then just kind of lifted it into the net with Cleveland already committing. Stephen Cleveland wasn't ready for the Joseph Martinez penalty hop. He, He saw it firsthand for the first time. Let's go back to the way the penalty was created. How many names did you hear in that sequence of passes to get the ball to Robinson with Lennon on the break down the line? Robinson with the perfect pass, but it took touches from Walks, from Sosa, from Heinemann, from all of them to create the look that you wanted. The possession today, and and people have an idea of possession being bad at times, Possession with a purpose is what you are looking for. The purpose was to create that look for Miles Robinson to go over the top to Brooks Lennon getting in behind. I'd love to see that more. That is a type of look that I think suits this team with Mulraney, with Eric Lopez, with Brooks Lennon, with George Bellow, who can get in behind and stretch the field. But that sequence is a look that Atlanta United needs to find more often. Brooks Lennon earns the penalty. Bradley Smith is beaten badly. And Joseph converts. 
The hot play of the match brought to you by Scana. For over 20 years, Scana Energy has made it easy for Georgians to receive the best natural gas rates and excellent customer service. Call 877-467-2262 to sign up today. You know who the real man of the match was today? Miller Pope. Because when I was about to scream penalty, Miller already had his finger on the button to make sure we would not overmodulate. <laughs> he did, did a remarkable job. Miller and I have worked together long enough now where he knows when something's coming. Okay, uh, we're going to take your questions and your comments when we come back. Send them in to us on Twitter, at MikeConti929 and at Longshoe. And we'll go through your comments and your questions after this as Atlanta United gets a big draw at Seattle this afternoon, 1-1 on the new Star 94. Back with more full-time report on Star 94-1. Again, a big, big road draw for Atlanta United today. We we said during the pre-match show this might be Atlanta United's toughest road challenge ever. And I'd say they passed that test. A 1-1 draw and a late penalty by Joseph Martinez. Let's get to your questions and comments on Twitter. And if you have any late ones, go ahead and send them at Mike Conti 929 and at Longshoe. Hudson says, Abara played like a stud. That performance deserved a result, even a win 100%. Was the turf slower than expected because it seemed like a lot of passes on the ground were short? Yeah, I don't know. Um, it, it was kind of weird to, to get a feel for it, and this is where it's a little difficult not being there. You know, we weren't able to get to the stadium early and kind of watch how things were moving in pregame or even sometimes, you know, we come in and we're on field level and we get to walk the field a little bit. So it felt at times like it was a little slow, but it also felt at times like it was a little packed in, like it was hard. It was a lot of bouncing on on balls. It didn't seem like they were checking up very much. So it was a little hard to read, and this was something that was talked about coming into the match, that it is a little bit of a difficult surface to play on at times. It's a different one than Mercedes-Benz Stadium, that's for sure. The footing was also weird. I, I remember a play, I think it was in the second half, Oh, boy. Moreno and Yamar Andrade, I think, and both of them fell down in the same spot. Like, both of them slipped or lost balance or something like that. So, it, it might have been an odd footing situation. Kevin from Charlotte. I thought Atlanta played pretty, pretty well. Attack had just a few moments, but I like the way we controlled the game, not just with meaningless possession, another resilient performance. Yeah, I mean, this idea about, you know, how possession is valued is going to be a little bit in the eye of the beholder. I thought today it wasn't just keeping the ball to keep the ball. And and, and look, when you're down a goal, that's kind of easy to, to not do as you're trying to get a goal. You're trying to equalize. So the game kind of lent itself to that. But Atlanta United was trying to work the ball into places. I, I agree with Heinze in the idea that from the back to the the attacking third, it was good. The movement from there to there was good. In the final third, the biggest thing I kept coming back to was the slowness of putting crosses in. When Joseph drops into the midfield to help build up the play, that is an important element of the buildup because it can drag a center back out. The idea with teams who play in this way is for the final, the goal scorer, to arrive for the cross, not be standing there and then have to go up from a standing position to win a cross. It is to arrive on time. That timing has not been there. It's not all Joseph. It's not all the crosses. But consistently today, it felt like it was difficult to get the crosses in. Credit to Smith. Credit to Alex Roldan for making that difficult. But the crosses needed to come quicker 
So when Joseph is arriving into that space, he's arriving on time. Uh, John Nason, remember when we were winning penalties in 2017 and 18 by getting in the box and seeing what happens? Do more of that. Yeah, it's not that simple. Um, I mean, just getting there, it's it's great to say, you know, do that. Um, teams defend you pretty well, and teams are defending Atlanta pretty well. Um, it is something that we talked about just a little bit ago. When you do create the possession in this way, it does feel like at times, and I think we've seen it in these last two matches, where late in the game, against tired legs, Atlanta has that ball over the top that they don't hit a bunch, that they don't hit a lot. And when they do, it causes problems because it's unexpected. If you just do the same thing over and over again, teams are able to defend it. I think we're seeing a little bit of that at times from Atlanta United. They need more variety. Maybe go to that ball over the top a little sooner. The ball going into the penalty area to earn those penalties in the previous setup under Tata Martino, it was a different way of build-up entirely. It was all about transition. It wasn't about as much of control of possession. This is different. It's going to generate different things. I've seen a lot of comments about Jake Mulraney. Mm-hmm. Uh, Patrick Smith, I think, encapsulates most of what I'm seeing on my timeline. He says Mulraney got the whole attack going in the second half. He was a major spark plug. Someone else asks, what more does Mulraney need to do in the final third? In the final third, he's been good. I think the the difference that Mulraney gives you, as opposed to Eric Lopez right now, or or Jurgen Dom, who's out injured, is just a little more directness. I, I think it's a little bit of, of where Mulraney's experience has come from. You know, he comes from a, a style of play that is very direct. He's expected to go north south, and he, he gives you that. He's also coming in in the second half, and he's coming in running at, at tired legs, which is a good thing. Right now, it's the right fit. Can Jake Mulraney beat out Eric Lopez for that spot? I think he can. I think he might next week. I think it is possible that he earns that spot. Eric Lopez, I do have to give him credit, though. He picked up an early yellow. He did not get a second yellow. He battled with Nuhu. He made a a good performance today, but Mulraney was ultimately more effective. He also got Nuhu to pick up a yellow later in the first half. Uh, Trombone Steve says, definitely thought this was a strong match. Seattle are heads above everyone else, starting to see tactical decisions made better. Saul Hindman waving some backfield to pull up. Thought it was a great team effort. Yeah, I mean, little things like that. that that's just that's going to come as you get more comfortable. You know, I, I was talking on Dukes and Bell on Monday, and I actually liked my analogy. You tell me if you like it. Um, I've heard on the streets that, that Mike Bell likes to drive fast. I've heard on the streets this is true. You've heard right. Okay, just checking. (laughs) But what I asked Mike was, if you are driving your car that you know inside and out, you're going to feel more comfortable driving it fast than in a car that you've never driven before. You know it. You know how it handles the curves. You know how it handles the road. You know what you're in. You know what you're handling. So when the team gets more comfortable with one another, which is, look, part of this process, you're going to see them be able to get forward faster you're going to be able to see them take more numbers forward as well because they're going to have more trust in Anton Walks and Miles Robinson doing what they did today cleaning everything up Santi Sosa and now Franco Ibarra one of the big elements you saw today that created some interesting wrinkles was Ibarra dropping between the two center backs and Sosa pushing up higher when the game took him there there were even a couple times I think Ibarra and Sosa sat and Miles Robinson carried it forward further that's trust it does take a little bit of time, but those things are coming together. It's not so much tactical. I think it's just more of the philosophy building upon itself. 
I think that's a great analogy, although Mike Bell usually drives fast in anything he can get his hands on, <laughs> usually as quickly as possible. That's why right? I don't think he understood my analogy. No, but I understand it. I think it's very good. <laughs> okay, Matt Wagner, great result today, all things considered, against the solid Seattle team. My concern is the Jose sub should have been made earlier, and why Kubo over Conway? We aren't seeing what Heinze sees, but I want Conway to get a shot. It, it, let me go first on this, mm-hmm. if you don't mind. I am probably beating the drum on Jackson Conway playing harder than anyone else right now. Uh, I really do want to see Jackson Conway big time because I think he's got a very high ceiling. I'd like to see him get a chance to reach it. However, in this situation, after Joseph scored, okay, you're in the 87th minute of a 1-1 game on the road. I want Kubo Torres' experience over Jackson Conway. I did not think that would have been the correct place to introduce Jackson Conway. I'm the same way. Uh, I would like to see Jackson Conway get some minutes with the first team. I think ultimately his emergence when he gets that opportunity will mean that they don't have to go out into the market to replace Lisandro Lopez with another veteran player. They could look to a different position with that supplemental roster spot. If there's a young player they want to take a flyer on, they could bring in to see. I think Jackson Conway is ready for this. I've seen him with Atlanta United two over three years now. I think he is ready. That moment where, yes, you're looking for a second goal, but there are some defensive responsibilities. You don't want Seattle to find a late goal and and kill you off after getting that equalizer. Kubo Torres is the better fit for that moment. Uh, Nicholas Paul Dunbar says, Barra's tackling was the best I've seen since Carmona. He was a bulldog in 1v1s. Need more of that. Center backs didn't have to do much 1v1 defending because the midfield was strong. And I love the shout for Emerson Heinemann, who I think quietly has been outstanding. Uh, Nicholas says, Heinemann was solid and hardworking too. Heinemann is the one who is consistently moving off the ball. He's the one who is pass and move, pass and move, pass and move. And he's the one too that, you know, for, for all the talk about a, a player who was in Columbus now in the midfield who you could play in tight spaces and he could get you out of a jam, Emerson Heinemann's becoming that player. Look at where he receives the ball at times for this team, surrounded by the opponent. He's able to find a way out of it, and then he continues to move. That's the important element is others have to start doing what Heinemann does in that pass and move, pass and move, pass and move to create opportunities. Um, finally, Michael. Uh, says, uh, are we not even going to talk about how their goal came from a sequence where the corner was given and it should have been Atlanta United's ball? I'm actually not po- – was that the same sequence? Or I think was it, it was a different sequence. I think it was. Now, now, you are right, Micah. You are absolutely right that Seattle was clearly incorrectly given a corner, but I don't think – I'm going to go back and look at the events one more time just to make sure, but I don't – think that corner produced the goal. I don't think it I, did because I think the, the corner that produced the goal was from the other side. In fact, uh, it, it was a corner in the very first minute, uh, and it did not even produce a shot. Okay. So, uh, just to be clear, and, and by the way, look, I mean, lots of comments about Kevin Stott today. It is what it is. Yeah. I, I didn't love the, uh, the moving line. I did think just to be fair, I do think Eric Lopez committed a yellow card foul uh, in the second minute. I do believe that was a yellow card foul. He's grabbing a guy from behind to stop a counter. I'll, I'll tell you why I don't think it was, because it wasn't consistently called that way. Well, that, now, that part I agree with. Yeah. 
if if the Lopez foul is a yellow, then you had a couple other incidents, a foul by Brad Smith, a foul by Kellen Rowe, mm-hmm. a couple fouls by Kellen Rowe, Rowe and, then, especially. and then Ariaga as well that could have also been yellows. I think that's my issue. Yeah, yeah, that's my issue. Um, that and, and the sequence where Nuhu was given advantage when Hosetsu was fouling him, he then wasted the advantage but it was brought back. That's not how advantage is supposed to work. It, it has changed over the years to where there is a little more leeway given to bring a play back. That one felt incredibly egregious, as you could hear in my voice in the second <laughs> half, because I was just halfway expecting that to turn into a goal, and I would not have been a happy camper. Okay, thank you for your comments and questions on Twitter. We're going to take one final break, and when we come back, we will look ahead to a tricky home match, the final one before the international break, as Nashville, unbeaten, having not conceded in more than 300 minutes, comes into Atlanta on Saturday. That's ahead after this as Atlanta United and Seattle Sounders play to a 1-1 draw on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Back, 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 back to the full-time report on Star 94.1. All right, so 1-1 draw, Atlanta United and Seattle this afternoon. Again, really solid point at the best team of the league. Atlanta United, the first team to take a point out of uh, Lumen Field this year. This feels very, very similar, Jason, to the draw that Atlanta United got in 2018 at Yankee Stadium. At that point, Atlanta United, the first team to take a point out of Yankee Stadium all year. It, It was different in that Atlanta United scored first in that match, and uh, New York City came back and equalized. But we'll have to see now if it's a springboard because you have one more match before the international break, and this is a tricky one coming up Saturday at Mercedes-Benz Stadium against a Nashville team that goes into their match against Austin tonight, one that starts in about an hour, having not conceded in more than 300 consecutive minutes. Yeah, Nashville is a team that at times this year has shown more ability in the attacking half than they did last year. At times. It hasn't been consistent. Defensively, they've tightened up some early mistakes where they were giving up goals in the first couple weeks of the season, and they're back to that rock-solid back line and goalkeeper and Joe Willis that we came to expect from last season. Against Austin, they go in as the favorite. I think Nashville should get a win there. I think they could very easily get another clean sheet. And it sets up a showdown in the Eastern Conference at Mercedes-Benz Stadium next week between two of the best teams in the conference and two teams that are not complete projects just yet. Nashville looking for more consistent play in the attack. Atlanta looking for more consistent play in the attack. Both two good defensive teams that approach the game in very different ways. With Philadelphia leading D.C. at halftime right now, 1-0. If scores hold, Atlanta United will be fourth in the East in total points and points per match. But if Nashville wins tonight, they would actually climb over Atlanta United to 10 points, and they would be fourth in total points and third in points per match. So I know they've played to a lot of draws, but they have not yet lost. It's going to be a tricky match. We're going to be on the air 3 o'clock Saturday back on Sports Radio 92.9, the uh, game for the Five Stripes Countdown. 3.30 will be the kickoff, and we'll have the full one-hour full-time report after that match as well. want to thank our engineer, Miller Pope, our producer, Dylan Matthews. For Jason Longshore, I'm Mike Conti. Again, Atlanta United 
and Seattle Sounders play to a 1-1 draw. We thank you so much for joining us on the News Star 94. You've been listening to MLS action of our Atlanta United. Tune in for complete match day coverage all season long. Our Atlanta United are brought to you by Equifax, The Home Depot, Mercedes-Benz, AT&T, Piedmont Healthcare, and Country Financial. You've been listening to a special presentation of Atlanta United on Star 94.1. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles. And Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is Electrified Diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with a vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.